When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Scraps. I, don't, do you, do you I think I got a lot of people asking us about Matt Nagy rumors. I'm not sure I want to touch those. Oh, my God. See, if, if we were Dave Weinstead, if we were fake journalists, we would have ran with that story. You know, for a real journalist, he has a lot of ties to, uh, to Kyle Shanahan. I'm just saying. Are we doing it? Are we no, doing no, it? No, no, no. I, I just, I just noticed. I'm not even calling out Michael Silver in general. I've just noticed there's a lot of people who have personal ties sure. to Kyle Shanahan who love to present themselves as objective while doing hagiography for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Like they can't do any fucking wrong, apparently. Like that Kyle Shanahan can do no wrong and everything Kyle Shanahan, as much as we venerate Sean McVay, there is a whole massive fan base for Kyle Shanahan. That whatever he does, he's a effing genius, and the ground he walks upon is trodden to gold, is inlaid with gold, and he knows better than you at any given moment. And where the hell did that come from? Why is there like this massive army out here? It's like it's the shanty hive. It's its own K hive. We've got a shanty hive out here of people that just you can't say anything about Kyle Shanahan, or else you're just a hater and a fanboy, and you don't know football. And that's how this whole thing got started. Yeah, I mean, it, not, not really, but it it shows Michael Silver's hypocrisy when he comes in and calls out us. And, oh, sure. And Eric and, and Reno and whatever. Like, here's the thing. Like, I don't think there is a person that can come out here in, the, in any part of this profession that can proclaim 100% objectivity. Like, that's not a no. thing. Um, I have a I have a deleted draft tweet <laughs> that Ryan has seen. <laughs> I'm just going to say this: everyone in this profession is a fan of something. All right, right. like if you're not a fan of an individual team, you're probably a fan of say a particular player. You're doing hagiography yeah. for a certain coach or a certain player. How many guys love everything Tom Brady does? How many How many people love everything that Aaron Rodgers did right up until? Aaron Rodgers showed his ass. Like there were plenty of people who are more than willing to carry water. All the people who are supposed to be, you know, objective people on ESPN doing hashtag let Russ cook. People make their fandoms all the time on individual players on the idea of winning culture. They are always chasing that. Or sometimes they're just fans of being right. Or sometimes you are way too much of a fan of an underage Anna Kornikova. And it really shows in your article from sports illustrated And, and here's the thing, like, even, even if we like erase all the media personalities, you know, the people that appear on TV, if we're talking about straight journalists, print people who don't, don't go on radio, they, they're strictly print media. Like even those guys have favorite people to talk to, right? Like guys that give them quotes. I'm not saying they, they, they all give favorable coverage to, but when you develop that kind of interpersonal relationship, it's impossible to say that you're hundred percent objective in, in times like that. And now. 
obviously being labeled a fan blog, being a fan of the team. Yes. It's more difficult for us. I will, I will admit that like it's hard, harder for us. And it's, it's a line that I've had a lot of conversations with you, Chris. I've had some conversations with you, Ryan. It, it's a hard line to walk sometimes because sometimes you just kind of want to put the, the fun fanboy stuff out there. Like sometimes you want to print an article that says former Lions quarterback ends Tom Brady's career and be fun with it because that shit's fun. Yeah. And I think a lot of you guys appreciate stuff like that. But I think what makes our site unique from because I think a lot of team blogs don't go beyond that. We, we talked we about this. Yeah, we talked about this a lot, especially in our formative days about like how much we want to be fans. And I pushed a lot about we should be like, you know, journalists more than anything, because I kind of I, I don't know, I kind of anticipated this kind of blowback because when I moved, when I went to USC and started meeting some national people, like I started getting the blowback in personal talks. It's like nothing you're doing can be serious because you're technically also a fan. And I'm like, well, that's really not fair but let's try to take some of the fan out of it. And yeah, we can have fun. It's, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like I, this is a new part of the ecosystem, yeah. but um, people like Michael Silver just, they aren't aware. Like they don't, they, they don't understand yeah. what some of us do. And it, like I said, it's not everyone. There are a lot of SB nation blogs that are just kind of the fanboy blog, that just post stuff about their, you know, praising their coaches or, or very reactionary sometimes in the other direction, like posting fire, all these guys and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But it's like it's <clears throat> it's changing. Like there, there, there's definitely still a stigma that comes with fan blogs, and I understand it. And there are some people that that set us back with some of the shit that they do. But like, I, I mean, I think we've grown to a point where not only does the team respect us, and of course, if we're if we're you know ham fisting it up for the team, they're they're going to to enjoy what we do. But like, I think we've gotten a fair amount of, you know, street cred with, with the other real journalists. Because I, you know, at least I personally have pretty good relationships with all yeah. those guys. They don't, they don't treat me like some sort well, of outsider. I, they don't treat me like a Homer. And I don't even care that Michael Silver just admitted he didn't know anything about the lions and so on to be wrong. It's like, when you come after Eric Schlitt though, I'm going to take the fucking bat to you. You, you had all my attention, Jeremy, and when you started talking about, I mean, you and Chris, really, uh, this very, like, postmodern idea of what truth is, like, this was, like, <laughs> taking me back to, like, a lot, a lot of my, like, 400-level literature classes. And <laughs> well, it's, we have this idea of, of objectivity in American journalism across the so, board. Right. So that I, I, you have to be the view from nowhere. It's in every J school, but it's there's so many pitfalls to it. And especially in sports, who, who's actually benefited? Like it, it's more not true than ever. And you know, also like, it's, it's, I don't know what, sorry, I'll, I'll let Brian continue, but like, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to do. And also doesn't seem to have a giant benefit either. Like, I don't know. To, to Jeremy's point about, you know, th there are some, there are some blogs that end up kind of being, um, overly fanatic and then there are some blogs that go the opposite way and they're really negative whatever i guess that's overly fanatic as well just in the opposite direction but there's both ends of those spectrums i think to jeremy's point and i think to your point too chris is like i think we're all saying that like there is a measured amount of objectivity that you could bring to the table and there is a certain amount that you 
just cannot for various reasons in this industry. And like Jeremy listed, like you develop relationships with these people and they are kind of the ones who feed you like without some of those quotes, without, without having a a trusting relationship, it's pretty difficult. I think to divorce divorce those things from one another. And this is all access journalism. Yeah. This is access journalism. And I, I go to this. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter, but like Sean Payton took, the entire New Orleans Saints beat out to dinner and they're all smiles. They're all having a great time. They're all friends. And, and you could argue that relationship makes every single person in that room less objective about criticizing Sean Payton. Right. But also, but also like, why do we need to be this view from nowhere too? This is sports. This is the candy section. Like we're not covering international politics here. This isn't the white house press correspondence dinner, which yeah, by the way, the white house has a dinner with all of their, their, their reporters too. But I'm just saying that like, this isn't, this is something that's supposed to be here for fun and journalists and people, especially in my area for radio are supposed to be the voice of the fan. So I, I don't know. I feel like for what we do too, we can also divorce, divorce, divorce ourselves from the fan stuff. I can still throw on a luchador mask and we could all rant and rave about Stafford throwing a game winning touchdown back in 2016. But then when Jeremy has to write an article about the coaching situation, he can leave that part aside too. You can exist in both spaces and many people do. I, I will admit it's not easy though. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely people incapable of doing that a hundred percent. Well, okay. So to, to your point, Jeremy, to even bring it local though, wasn't it Dave Fipp who bought everybody space heaters? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean like, okay, that's not, it's not the same level as like Sean Payton giving a like a goodbye dinner, but like right. that's a it's it's a gesture, yeah, like a a humorous kind of caring gesture, but like also to the point about Sean Payton, that relationship that he had with those with those reporters, I just kind of want to point out the fact that like not a lot of people talked about Bounty Gate in the fallout of Sean Payton's career. Like there weren't a lot of people who were like, "Hey, remember that time when he got suspended from the league for for a year?" <laughs> Whew, I feel like we got Man. we got a, a load off our shoulder during that break. Yeah, I, I need to I, I need to say one last thing because uh, it's been eating at me, and I just need to get it out there and, and put it out there. But I got blocked before silver before it was in vogue. <laughs> I got blocked by silver this this uh I want to say it was August. Yeah, this August I got blocked by him when he uh but, put yeah, out well, some... I remember this vaguely. What what exactly <laughs> happened? So like Silver put out this tweet about a story that he did with Jared Goff saying like he had dinner with him in Birmingham. And that seems unprofessional by the way. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But so, yeah. But anyway, so he said it in this way and I was just like, he, he, he presented it in this way as if he like went to Sweetwater with Jared Goff after practice. Like he just caught him outside of four field and they're like, let's go like do like a, you know, a Detroit gritty place. You were quibbling about him with like the location or something, right? Like, yeah, because he said that he was in Detroit, but he said that he 
went to eat with him in Birmingham. And okay. I'm like, Birmingham is not Detroit. Okay, yeah. So you got <laughs> And then he <laughs> and then he got all pissed he got all pissy with me because uh like he he did the same thing that he did with Eric. Is that yeah, he, he like you a fake. he yeah. he called me a fake like uh like podcaster or something like that. Like he's like just because like you have a microphone doesn't mean it's the same as mine. And I was like He's such a dick. He's such a dick. Lion's Blood has a good point. Maybe he controls the Twitter verification process. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so the other thing was, is as soon as I got blocked by Mike Silver, uh, Matt Derry <laughs> tweeted and said, like, welcome to the club. Oh, so, yeah. like, Matt Derry was blocked by, by Mike Silver, too. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, I forgot about this. Troy Aikman has an entire quote just absolutely thrashing Mike Silver. I don't know if you remember <laughs> this. No. Hold on. Let me see if I can. And it's interesting what he's calling him out for. Um, so here's Troy Aikman talking about. Um, okay, so. Let me, full background to the story, and this gets against very interesting considering what we were just talking about. Uh, so, Michael Silver wrote a column about Jared Goff where he called out Troy Aikman, mm. uh, saying, "Quote: Routinely trashed the season on Fox Telecraft, specifically those with Troy Aikman as the lead an- analysts. Uh, Goff could reasonably assume that McVay's words about his quarterback plays in network production meetings were far from glowing." So then Aikman fires back unlike michael silver i strive to be fair and balanced and do not have an agenda when doing my job Hmm. (laughs) the record will show that i've been a stronger supporter of jared goff over the years unfortunately the los angeles rams and jared goff he did not perform at his best in the games that i've broadcast in this season i'm confident jared would be the first to agree so you heard it here first michael silver is not able to be objective about Jared Goff. Should I add my uh, my column, the column I have of silver to the pile, or am I not going to do a dramatic reading? Entirely uh, up to you. Oh. I would I would say no, but please let's. I, do I'm already two. being a coward. <laughs> I'm already being a coward, so I'm not. So I'm just sorry, no, Eric. I didn't just, I didn't jump in on the pile on. I'm sorry. It was uh, it was an hour before I was about to see the new Jackass movie, and I was out at the. I was out at a restaurant. It's incredible. Um, mm. It's peak comedy. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm sitting there at the restaurant, and I get a Slack notification from Chris that's like, "I'm about to I'm about to step in some shit." I'm about no. I I told you <laughs> I, I I told you Ryan that I'm about to send this, and I'm going to like ruin my career if I do this. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't." And then I was like. But maybe you should. <laughs> Trust me. No, no, no. You, you were, you started to egg me on a little bit, and I then, did. but so I got a second and third opinion, and those second and third opinions are you should not send that, Chris. <laughs> I don't care. I'm in the mood to start sending tweets. I don't. Well, I don't if he, care. Let, let me put it this way: if it's still going on tomorrow, I don't know if I'm holding myself back. That's the other part of this is that he's just not letting it go. I. He got called out. He got called out. And then he showed his ass by saying that he doesn't actually know the situation on the Lions. They got called out again. 
And then they just started thrashing around. Now he's gone to the ad hominem. So I'm going to like, you know, at this point, it's more than happy to hit him with the ad hominem's back. I, I, so I found what I was looking for with Mike Silver because I knew he said something stupid about analytics. And it, it happens to be mm. this exact same column about Jared Goff, which is probably why I saw it because I was reading stuff on Jared Goff. Let me, let me read the entire paragraph just really quickly and then we'll get into it. He's talking about, okay, we'll just get into it. We're, were we so inclined we could spend paragraphs and paragraphs breaking down the disillusion of the once airtight McVeigh Goff connection, delving deep into the vagarities of the Rams' schematic evolution or lack thereof, the coach's dissatisfaction with Goff's performance, especially as it relates to the QB's turnover tally the past two seasons and the accompanying drop in confidence as the tensions ramped up. With all due, and then in parentheses, dis, out of parentheses, respect, with all due, so with all due, disrespect, very clever, uh, to the analytics nerds and wannabe GMs on social media and elsewhere, some very smart coaches, players, and talent evaluators in the football world believe there's a legitimate case to be made on each man's behalf. And the estimation of Goff by many of those experts is much higher than fans might assume. Take that, wannabe GMs and analytics nerds. Nerds. If, if there's ever a, an, an easy indicator that someone is completely out of touch with football today, with really media today, it's calling, it's just using the term analytics nerd. Like, so stupid. To be fair. There's at least one of those so-called analytics nerds who has been taking L after L after L after L in these playoffs. And clearly being the smart guy running analytics websites and calling yourself a football cowboy or whatever is not enough to keep you from just tweeting, computer cowboy, excuse me, from just tweeting through it when every opinion you've ever had about Matthew Stafford is coming up wrong. We, We are live streaming through it right now. We are. This has been like this is the messy. Minutes. This is the messy bitch episode. <laughs> this has been like forty minutes of cope. <laughs> no, we're not doing. Cope. And Eric's not even here to. <laughs> we're not doing cope. We're 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 just being pe- we're just being messy bitches. That's all. We're being comedians. We're speaking power to truth. <laughs> we're the real troops, comedians. Doesn't fit. I'm not. I'm not talking about Dave Wanstead losing his mind. Juan Stash is going to stay. Juan Stash is one of those guys who's far too comfortable on the on the broadcast set now. He's not. I don't. He's not. I almost it. don't blame him that much because he probably saw a tweet that thought it and thought it was real and just blurbed it out because he thought it was it was noon. I, I, he wasn't trying to break news. I think he just saw a tweet and thought it was already out there. But you also have a responsibility if you're going to be on the radio to maybe not say things that aren't true. Oh, so now we're policing journalism now, huh, Jeremy? Is that <laughs> who we are? Listen. All I know is I'm a real journalism and, and it won't take one tweet. I'm to tell a me real, that I'm not. <laughs> please put I'm that on a shirt. Journalism. I'm a real journalism. <laughs> a real, a question for real journalism. Why did Kyler Murray delete all of his Cardinals content from Instagram? Yeah. Someone okay, just so- tagged me on discord on discord on another discord I'm in and saying like, are the lions going to get Kyler Murray? Okay. To that point, somebody already published that article and I'm not going to talk about who did it. But the the <laughs> second thing I'm going to point out, my my I, I, I have one guess. Yeah, uh, you nailed it. <laughs> don't even have to. Um, so my, my friends in my group chat, they uh, 
somebody somebody sent me that story mm-hmm. or that tweet that somebody noticed that and they're like who notices this stuff like who who's just like always checking on the players instagram well, every single day there's certain bots i think that will catch those things now there definitely is oh my god but, oh but my also god. like didn't he like what if it doesn't mean anything he took a nuke to his own account i, I think there's a chance it doesn't mean anything but like he's got his, hacked well no there's like there's two posts on it now and so you're someone is bound to notice that right and then like you look around and suddenly everything's different like okay I don't know. so so i, I going through like his followers though like i that i guess you can just search your followers huh yeah i don't know either don't way know. like it's it's a bare bones Instagram now, and I feel like that would be noticeable. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is noticeable, but it's just like I don't wake up every morning and I'm like, I should go check out Frank Ragnar's right. Instagram. I mean, that's that's what that's the difference between me and you. That's why I'm a real, that, real journalism. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> we do own Kyler Murray. That is true. Yeah, do you what think do you mean? Would the, even like you think, the, you think the Lions are going to get him? They already have him. <laughs> Lions really want to get him, but uh, they can't see him. Kind of lost in the crowd there. Okay, all short. right. Because he's short. He's short. Oh, that was the joke. That was the joke. He was short. He is short. Was and is. It, there, there is no past tense to him. Continue. Being short. C- c- continues <laughs> to be. He is no longer growing. Still short. Why are we doing this? I don't know. Because we're real journalism. <laughs> uh, if we did like silly episode titles, that would have like that has to be it, right? This might be the name of the scraps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I said real journalism in the show. I know it's a callback <laughs> to it. And then I'm a real journalism. Mike Silver is not. Didn't Murray throw two interceptions at the Pro Bowl? He definitely threw at least he one. Did. There were a lot of interceptions. Didn't didn't uh, Patty Mac, Mahomes did? Mac Jones had like two as well, didn't he? Or just how one? do you how do you all know this much about the Pro Bowl? I well, literally just pulled well, up. I pulled up the box to tell you about before, it in a minute, like during show prep. <clears throat> I saw the one highlight of the fourth and fifteen attempt that was about to succeed because no one wanted to tackle, and then I didn't. Well, they shouldn't. Russ had two interceptions. I'm about to look at the box score. This Russ had two interceptions. Russ had two. Kyler only had one. I don't want Russ. Kirk had one. Mac Jones, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's right. Mac Jones took three sacks. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Well, you took sacks in the Pro Bowl. What? Yeah, Yeah, he took three sacks and Kirk took two. How do you take a sack in the Pro Bowl? Very carefully. There it is. Very carefully. Thank you. I'm on it, Jeremy. I'm on it. Can I, can I ask you one question, Ryan? And, and if you can't answer it, maybe just give me a wink. Uh, do you work with Fred Durst? <laughs> Two blinks it means a yes. <laughs> okay. That's all I need to know. Have you ever seen Fred Durst and me in the same place at the same time? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, Ryan, oh, 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 Ryan, Ryan has kids now, so he gets to do the uh, dad. He is dad vibes. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all coming together. 
where you guys and Nickelodeon are Cartoon Network. So I think when Cartoon Network started to enter my airwaves, I was in junior high when they started to do like Adult Swim. Uh, no, 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 no. They were doing the original shows at that time. So they would have been like Johnny Bravo and Ed Dexter's and Laboratory. And then a oh, couple you're years talking ago, about like the earlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're well, even before that, so like even before that, Cartoon Network was basically the cable <laughs> channel. Before they did their originals, they were basically the cable channel repository of like Hanna Barbera cartoons because yeah. they were owned by right. Turner Media. So then it was like, first, like C Lab and stuff. Right, right. So first it was that. Then it was the originals like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And I mean, no, no, wait. Ed, Ed, and Eddie yeah. was, uh, was that Nick or was that? No, yeah. that was, that no, was Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. So that was Kurt, Ed, Ed, and Eddie Kurt, and like. Courage, Johnny the Bravo. cowardly dog. Yes. So all that was there, and then a year or two after that was that. That was when Toonami took off. Right. And then a year or two after that is Adult Swim. Right. Toonami. Even was the my early Toonami after school. Yeah. Even the early Toonami though was like when I was in high school. Was a lot of the old Hanna Barbera. So yeah, they would have Sailor Moon and Robotech, but also in between the and Voltron. But also in between those, you'd get the original Space Ghost and the Herculoids. Yeah. And most importantly, Dragon Ball Z. Yes. But like, so I like, so when me in high school, actually, no, that would have been junior high. So Toonami was junior high for me. Because it it was when I remember, because it was in like elementary school for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes I wanted to point out that you're you're older. You're the Andy Reid of this podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. I know. That was The Scraps. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>